CNBC News is next, a courtesy of BuySellMakeOffer.com, where you can post a video about items you have for sale. Sign up now. It's free. I'm Tom Busby, CNBC Radio. Hewlett Packard has already shed about 55,000 jobs over the past few years, and today it announced plans to cut up to 30,000 more, 10% of its workforce. The cuts are coming to the software and consulting unit it plans to spin off in October, and it will save more than $2 billion a year. On Wall Street today, stocks surging higher one day ahead of the start of the Fed's policy meeting on whether to hike interest rates. The Dow today up 229 points, the Nasdaq up 54. FedEx is raising rates, shipping rates by about 5% starting in January after the holiday rush. Meantime, another shipping giant, UPS, announcing plans to take on as many as 95,000 temporary workers this upcoming holiday season. The owners of the Albertsons grocery store chain say it's uh, just a few weeks away from an initial public stock offering. And Adidas will be the new supplier of uniforms and other apparel to the NHL starting in 2017. Tom Busby, CNBC. There are no guarantees in love, but there is a guarantee from EH Plus by eHarmony, our new personal matchmaking service. At EH Plus, your own personal matchmaker gets to know you so well, we can guarantee introductions that will be satisfying and exciting. EH Plus goes far beyond regular online dating sites, and that's a guarantee. Visit us at ehplus.com slash love or call 1-855-930-LOVE. Flu season starts with all kinds of symptoms. At Walmart, we can help you be prepared before they show up with products like Mucinex to help relieve chest congestion and Delsum to help silence coughs for 12 hours. You'll also want to be ready with Sudafed PE to relieve sinus congestion and pressure and Motrin for body aches and to reduce fever. So don't wait until the symptoms have already started. Be prepared for flu season this year. Stock up on everything you need at Walmart. Use all products as directed. Consider this your invitation to sell. At buysellmakeoffer.com, you can sell as much as you want for the next 60 days without paying any fees whatsoever. Sound incredible? It is, and it's true. Buysellmakeoffer.com is the new exciting way to sell your stuff online. Make extra money right now. Sell your old car, furniture, video games, household items, clothes, even your home. Sell anything that's legal. Load up your stuff to sell right now at buysellmakeoffer.com. This is your official invitation to get on board to sell your stuff right now free for the next 60 days and once you see how easy it is you'll want to sign up for more because there are no item fees that's right take this opportunity to move items from the other guys and sell it for free you might even win a samsung tablet amazon gift cards and other cool prizes buy sell makeoffer.com is the future of online selling you can use skype to talk to your buyer or seller plus you can use video to showcase your items buy sell makeoffer.com With your Tuesday news, I'm Jim Miller, KCAA, 1050 AM, CNBC News, the station that leaves no listener behind. Here's your news. Full and empty beer bottles and cans fell out of the bed of a pickup truck driven by an alleged drunken man who crashed into at least one Rialto police car as he tried to flee from officers yesterday morning. 36-year-old Juan Pablo Mercado Romo was arrested on suspicion of driving under the influence, assaulted a peace officer and evading police. Just after 7 a.m., police conducting a DUI patrol near Lilac Street in Rialto Avenue. When they spotted Romo in a silver truck, officers suspected he may have been driving while intoxicated and then tried to pull him over. Sheriff's investigators looking for a man who has reportedly been stalking female hikers on a local trail, leaving messages on one vehicle and bodily fluid on another. On Saturday, a woman called San Bernardino County Sheriff's deputies to report that a man had been stalking her while she was on the Blue Mountain Trail, which begins at Westwood Drive and Honey Hill Road. Authorities learned that a Latino male in his 40s with dark complexion, light, medium build, and shorter length dark care frequents the area in a white van. Woman found that responsive at her West Valley Detention Center cell over the weekend and an initial investigation shows she may have committed suicide. 23-year-old Carla Jones of Rancho Cocomunga was found on Saturday before 3.30. Jones being held in a single-person cell alone at the time. Deputies and medical staff attempted to revive her. She was taken to a nearby hospital where she was pronounced dead. Jones arrested in Los Angeles County in September of 2012 on an arson case. I'm Jim Miller, KCAA, 10.50 AM. CNBC News, the station that leaves no listener behind.
from the KCAA Weather Center, I'm Keith Langloss. For tonight, we'll have a good chance of some showers, mostly cloudy, that was 66. Wednesday during the day, only a slight chance of showers. That'll be before 11 in the morning, partly sunny, the high 80. Wednesday night, some patchy fog overnight, otherwise the low 62. The fog should be out here by 11 Thursday morning, becoming mostly sunny and a high 83. Thursday night, clear skies, low 65. Friday, sunny and a high 89. That's your weather forecast for this hour. From the station that leaves no listener behind, NBC News Radio, AM 1050, KCAA. For more local radio every day, listen to KCAA. Calling all men. It's now time for your show with your coach, the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Relax, be heard, and be understood. It's the show where men can be men. Now here's the gal who has your back, Linda Gross. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Men's Advocate Show. We're so happy to have you on board. We usually talk about any and all men's issues, meaning dating, relationships, sex, women, marriage, divorce, and the like, and also inclusive of any topic that men are interested in. Today's topic, we're going to be talking about mountain bikes. This topic actually came to me from one of my listeners and you too can participate and be active as part of the show and write me your questions, your comments, um, show topics, who you'd like to have on as a guest, what topics you'd like me to cover. You can do this too, just like today's listener did. So uh, we're going to be talking um, up about uh, mountain bikes, road bikes, and any and all related biking questions. So everyone's into fitness these days, and they're looking for uh, great ways to stay in shape and have fun at the same time. So I think it's going to be a really great topic. Uh, today's uh topic is timely as well. I didn't know this, but coincidentally, it turns out that there is a big biking expo in Las Vegas. It's called Interbike, and you can reach, um, get more information on that. It's called interbike.com. I think it's a three or four day event in uh, Las Vegas, and a lot of the vendor reps are there. You too, as the uh, public, can go to this event as well and learn even more about this issue. So we welcome you to our program today. If you uh, have any questions or would like to call in, this is a call-in show. So you can call us at 888-909-1050. That's 888-909-1050. We have several ways that you can listen to us. You can listen to us uh, on your car radio or your home radio. Uh, We are in the Inland Empire and serving uh, Inland Empire and Orange County. The second way that you can reach us is... uh, our listener line, which is, you can do this from just a plain old landline or any phone number for that matter, and just listen in, and that number is 832-999-1050, 832-999-1050, or I know most of my users are probably online, and there's a couple ways that you can listen online. Uh, you can listen live or on-demand. On-demand means at your convenience, take us wherever you want to go while you're working out or doing errands, or if you're out and about uh, in town, you can listen online. So you would Google, um, you would Google our station call letters, which is KCAA Radio forward slash advocate because the name of my show is the men's advocate show with linda gross or you can listen with the tune in app again it would be tune in app forward slash advocate and it'll take you right where you need to go all right so if you missed uh, last week's show uh we were talking about questions from my audience. Um, I call this my uh, mailbag uh, segment, and we were taking relationship questions. And also, we had a question regarding business. Don't be stupid in business and how a particular uh, reader got himself caught in a jam and my advice on, on how not to get in that jam again. 
All right, so that was last week's show. So let's bring it forward to today. I would like to welcome our expert guest. His name is Rob Stott. He's with H&S Bicycles. He's got two shops, one in Burbank and Granada Hills, California. Rob, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you on. Rob, are you there? Rob? Brandon, do we have Rob on the line? Rob is on the line. Um, it looks like we're having a little bit of trouble. I'll try to amend that. Okay. All right, so just uh, let me know when he's on the line, and we'll get started with a couple of little facts here. Oops. Little technical issues in the background, but we'll... we'll muster through that. So it turns out that in the last 15 years, the number of U.S. bicycle owners has grown to 40%. Well over 100 million people are bike owners. Um, the number of U.S. adults who bike regularly grows by over 1 million people a year. Yes, Brent? No. <laughs> Sorry about the technical difficulties here. So, I'm not sure what you mean by by that. So, I guess you'll... Uh, okay, thanks. All right, so let's get back to a few fun facts about biking. Um, bicycling is the sixth most popular U.S. recreational sport after walking camping, swimming, bowling, and fishing. How about that? So most of these activities are cardio activities, and biking is a fabulous cardio activity, especially um, if you have joint problems or, you know, unlike running, for example, which is also um, cardio, running has a lot of high impact. So people who have issues with their back or their knees or their joints, um, you know, they, they might not do so well with running, but with biking, it might be a good avenue to uh, explore fitness opportunities. Okay, the average distance that's traveled by Americans who bike to work is 12 miles. How about that? When surveyed, over 85% of North, North Americans who bike to work or school said that they did not shower at their destination. So I guess they just go in the bathroom and do like a little sponge bath and that's kind of good enough. <laughs> All right. So let's see. The, the typical yearly cost for a regular U.S. commuter to own and operate their, a bicycle versus a car, guess what that is? Ten times as much. So to own and operate a bicycle, it costs anywhere between $20 and $300 uh, a year versus owning a car. That, that number um, escalates to between $3,300 and $6,500 to own and operate that car. Wow. All right. About one-fifth of Americans who own bikes bought them new. So we're going to ask Rob about that, um, you know, if there's any danger in buying a used bike and uh, what he has to say about that. 80% of U.S. bicycle owners ride during the months of May through August. Makes sense, right? Daylight time, daylight savings. You're going to ride it when um, you get the most amount of uh, sunlight. Most Americans buy bicycles also during these same, same months, during the months of May and August. Um, there's a slight surge in buying um, that occurs in December, and that usually occurs with infrequent cyclists or people who are giving a gift for the holidays. So what they recommend is, you know, it, you really should take your time with a biking expert at the store to um, cover all your needs, and it's so hard to get their attention during the month of December. If you absolutely positively have to buy it during that time, they recommend that you come during the day, during the week, so you get a little bit more undivided attention. All right. So 
Let's see what else we got going here. I wanted to tell you about one of the trackers um, in the biking industry, and that is called uh, Strava, and you can reach them at Strava.com. Now, Strava.com is a wonderful little device. It's a tracking device, and it measures your actual route. So it's like a GPS uh, enhanced application that, you know, if you're if you're riding 30 miles, it'll, it'll tell you what route you have taken, what elevation you have taken. Um, it shows you the twists and turns and the whole uh, Google Map GPS uh, type of designation along with other, uh, with other insights that might be, it gives you your speed and gives you some other pertinent data. And what you can use this app for is to measure your progress. Like, am I getting, am I pushing past the goals that I set out for myself? Um, and it'll measure that for you. And the other cool thing about this app is that it's very friendly with six uh, smart watches, shall we say. Like, for example, the uh, the iPhone watch, um, it's compatible with those. So look on, the, on my Facebook fan page, and you'll see an article um, from Strava.com, and it'll show you which watches are compatible. I happen to like Fitbit, um, which it's also compatible with that. So you can sync it up and use it on the trail, and then when you get home, you can you know talk to other users, you can challenge other users, you can challenge yourself, you can see what your progress was, beforehand and you know if you're getting better and what you can do to um, you know improve your your uh, status on that so um, anyway let's uh, take a quick break now uh, you're currently listening to the men's advocate show with Linda Gross uh, we're talking about mountain bikes road bikes we're gonna after we come back from the break uh, hopefully we'll have my uh, my guest on the line, his, his name is Rob Stott. He's with H&S Bikes in Burbank and Glendale, California. We'll see you in just a moment. Okay, so is he on? Did you get your... Can you hear me? Linda. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Hello. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name, hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases, and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchases required. Just start with this link each time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. Hey guys, want to go from cocky and confused to confident in four sessions or less? Linda Gross has done the research by interviewing 20,000 men. Reap the benefits. Go to themensadvocate.com slash coaching and you'll be on your way. Now back to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross on KCAA 1050 AM where men can be men. Welcome back. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. Today we have a great topic. It was uh, recommended to me by one of my listeners, and he wanted to know about mountain bikes. Apparently it's a really hot sport these days, and men are looking for ways to get fit, stay fit, and have fun. Let's welcome our guest, Rob Stott of H&S Bicycles. Welcome, Rob. Hi, Linda. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? Wonderful, wonderful. Super. So before you came on, we were talking a little bit about the stats in the in the biking industry, and we were also covering uh, one of the GPS tracking systems called Strava.com. I don't know if you're uh-huh. familiar with that device. Um, Very what's, familiar. What's your uh, take on the Strava device? Would you is it a thumbs up, recommend it, or not so much? You would recommend something else. Well, Strava is more uh, a place to collect your data. Um, you can also do some virtual racing. So you could essentially race uh, your buddy who did, let's say, a certain segment in your neighborhood or, you know, anywhere for that matter. I was up in Canada this, what was it, 
a few months ago, and uh, I was actually able to see what other people had written, you know, what their times were, and they have uh, sections where you can actually do that virtual racing. And so it's actually changed, changed the way we ride bikes quite a bit um, with that whole thing because people are constantly out there trying to chase what's called a KOM, the king of the mountain, uh, <laughs> and trying to become the fastest person there. Right. Uh, if you see, if you see somebody you know hitting it real hard, uh, you know they might be chasing that KOM. Uh, with that said, I mean uh, I mean I was listening to uh, some of the trackers that you were talking about uh, for cycling and bikes in general. I mean the best the best unit to use is usually the Garmin, um, and you can track most of your rides that way. Uh, it's a GPS unit, so. It just sees everywhere you're going. And they have cycling-specific ones that you can buy, um, and they have several different versions of that unit, uh, ranging from anywhere from about, I think now they even have one that's down at about $180 all the way up to about $600. Ah, okay. Great. So, Rob, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into the uh, biking world and how you started your stores. Tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, I started when I was really young with riding BMX bikes. Um, then I, uh, I went, went forward and started uh, doing, in Boy Scouts actually, I wanted to get the cycling merit badge, so my father and I started doing a little bit of touring. Um, and then I got into mountain biking, which was a lot of fun because it's kind of a mix of BMX and, um, and road bikes, so you could kind of get it all in there. And then I went to downhill racing, which w- was on the mountain bike, and uh, then I continued that on until, um, until I was basically out of high school. And out of high school, my family and I just kind of said, well, we have a passion for cycling, so why don't we open up a bike shop? So we did that in 2000 and uh, then opened our second one just two years ago. Um, My accomplishments in cycling is I was a junior pro for a while, uh, racing downhill, uh, took a little break, and then uh, came back after taking a long break, lost about 115 pounds coming back to cycling. Wow. Um, And then um, started racing road bikes quite a bit. And, uh, you know, still racing road bikes. And uh, then I started racing what's called cycle cross, which is kind of the uh, mix of both worlds. Uh, It's like a road bike, but you race it uh, in the dirt. Uh, You get on and off the bike, jump over barriers, and uh, run up sides of mountains. And just a whole lot of fun, but a lot lot of pain, we'll put it that way. Um, And... Kind of a jack of all trades, being in the bike shop all the time. You get to do it all, and uh, you know, it's a great, great time. A lot of fun, and now I'm trying to get my kids involved in it as well, and still trying to uh, be an athlete at the same time. Wow! So, did you originally get into biking because you wanted to lose the weight, or that was like an, an after, you know, a bonus to your efforts? Well, as a kid, I was, you know, I, I, uh, I sustained quite a few in- injuries, you know, in uh, the downhill racing. Uh, so I injured my back pretty badly, and I had to uh, go through two major invasive surger- surgeries. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just kind of put me in a bad way. I didn't want to ride my bike. I didn't want to do anything. And, you know, I ended up just putting on a lot of weight really quickly. And at the same time, I went through a divorce and, well, if anybody who's gone through one of those knows those aren't any fun. So, you know, it's, I ended up, you know, uh, just putting on a lot of weight. And then, yeah, it came down to a health issue where I said, you know what, I, I, need, to, um, I need to go back and get healthy again. So, awesome. So, you know, I just embraced it and uh, jumped on the bike again and, just went for it and then as time went by I said you know what I'm losing a lot of weight here I'm getting the urge to race again you know and um next thing I know I was back in races and I was really hitting it hard and I was taking it real seriously you know and then I was you know hitting Strava and other things to track my training you know uh looking at things really seriously um 
and yeah, I, I took it real serious for many, many years, and then kind of caught up with me in the sense that I have family and, uh, you know, two bicycle shops to run as well, but, you know, so I started just racing more locally. Cool. That's a great story. All right. It uh, it seems like we have a caller on the line. Maria, are you there? Maria? Yeah. Can you hear me? Hi, Maria. Welcome aboard. How are you? Hi. I'm doing good. Thanks, Linda. Um, We're t- thanks, thanks so much for calling in. We have our expert today from H&S uh, Bicycles. Uh, his name right. is Rob. If you have a question or comment in, with regard to biking or mountain biking, road biking, go ahead. Strava. Um, my, our team uses it. Um, I'm not sure how many listeners use Strava, but it's really great tool to find routes that um, bike routes in specific, specifically that you've never, before you ride it, you can see what, what the bike routes, um, elevation are in the, uh, grade percentages. So basically, it's great if you want to plan a ride and figure out how long it might take you, where are you going to go, um, you know, how to get there, and, um, what kind of level of intensity you think this ride is in. So, um, Strava will give you that information, give you the elevation, it will give you the grade, it will give you different segments. Um, the cool thing is in different segments you can compete with other people. Uh, that's really cool. And um, and then you can see how other people that have done that segment rate against your ability. So it helps you improve, gives you motivation on improving your cycling. Um, so, yeah, th- those are all really cool things. Um, and my question with H and S is: um, the, You guys are located in Burbank, correct? Or in, correct. Oh, okay. We have we have and, two stores. We have one in Granada Hills, and then we have one in Burbank. Our original oh. store is in Burbank. Oh, okay, that's great. And uh, do you guys um, have group rides? Uh, you know, we don't. Uh, well, no, I take that back. You know, most of our guys. Um, are riding on the regular rides. I don't know if you're familiar with the Montrose ride um, that heads out through Pasadena and Glendora and areas like that. Um, and then they do rides on the west side, a ride called Nichols. Um, but we, a ride that we've had that's on the regular has been a ride. Uh, it's actually a woman's ride, and it's every Tuesday night. Um, the women meet at 6.30 here at the, sto- at the Burbank store, and they uh, roll about seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. So, and now, and that ride's kind of important to us. Uh, we've been doing it for the last three years, and it's really to encourage women to get on bikes and get out there and, uh, you know, try it out. I know there's a lot mm-hmm. of hesitation sometimes with uh, getting out there. So it's all women. It, you know, most of the guys aren't are never invited. Every once in a while, we all get together and do like a coffee run or something like that. But it's a it's it's a fun ride. My wife used to run it, and then a couple other after she's just had a baby, and so she hasn't been running it for a while. But some of the other ladies have embraced it and started taking it on. Mm-hmm. That's great. You know, yeah. um, what what would you say would be one of the challenges of um, beginners um, have? I mean, is it bike handling skills, not having the right bike size, not having the right bike fit as as a as a bike owner, what what do you see out there as the challenges? Sometimes beginners don't even know it. But but what do you think are some of the obvious challenges that people should probably think about, especially when starting up in the bike? I mean, that's a, the bike, it's bike a pretty thing. broad question. I mean, the biggest thing is getting on a bike, you know. Um, it's, you know, you, I for example, I take my neighbor, for example. I've known him for years. You know, we're good friends. I have 15 bicycles in my garage, and the guy's constantly telling me, I got to lose 15 pounds. I got to lose 20 pounds. I say, hey, I got a bike in the garage. You're the same size as me. Take it out. No, I don't think it's going to work for me. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's a challenge in general just to get somebody on the bike. But once they're on it, the sky's the limit. Usually they're going to enjoy it, right? So mm, I disagree. Uh, well, I mean, that's kind of what I see. It, so, yeah. you know, but yes, I mean, the, the things that you do see, yes, 
are, yeah. uh, you know, sizing is an issue, for example. Right. Um, finding the right bike is the issue. Um, yeah. You know, it's what do you want to do with the bike? You know, do you want to ride a road bike? Do you want to ride a mountain bike? Uh, you know, what, what are your expectations with the sport in general, you know? So, you know, I, it, we, we, we hear it all, you know. So um, coming back to the original think, question, go ahead. Yeah. Do you think that, um, I think from my personal experience, um, it took me a little while to decide that I like to ride a bike because I think when I learned how to ride a bike, um, I didn't know how to shift. I didn't even okay. really understand the concept of shifting. Um, when I finally understood the concept of shifting, then riding the bike made sense, and it actually became fun. I think, and some of my friends, I think they don't know how to ride a bike because they don't know how to they don't understand the concept of shifting. I mean, would you agree to that statement? Again, there's there's various levels. You know, it's, I mean, there's, I mean, I get guys coming in on single speed, six-gear bikes, and they're going for it, you know. Um, shifting in general, I mean, it is something, you know, that you got to learn how to do, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that can be a frustration. Um, you get a lot of guys in here too. I mean, they want to clip into their pedals, but they're fearful that they're going to fall over, you know? So that scares them away because they're like, well, I could put a lot more power into my pedals if I could just clip into my bike, but mm -hmm. I don't want to fall over. So I'm just not going to deal with it. You know what I'm saying? That would so be me. <laughs> I have that fear. I, I, I spin uh, once a week and, uh, you know, use my cycling uh, shoes for spin class, but my fear is taking it on the road, you know, on a traffic, heavily trafficked road, and that I'm not going to be able to clip out in time without killing myself. Right, right. I mean, edu educating consumers on, you know, how to properly use their bike is a huge part of my job on a daily basis. And, you know, the more comfortable I can make um, my customers on their bikes or anybody for that matter is, is my job, you know. And, I mean, I have customers, for example, I mean, I come back to the pedal thing. You know, I have customers like I've never clipped in. Okay, let's do this. Let's put you on a trainer. If anybody doesn't know what a trainer is, it's basically uh, it holds the bike up while you pedal, so it's almost like an exercise bike but for your own bicycle. Um, you know, they take the, you know, I put them on the trainer. I said, let's, you know, it's a safe spot now. You know, you're out of traffic. You're at, you know, you're just sitting here. Let's learn how to clip in. And I'll take 30 minutes with them. I'll take an hour, whatever it takes, so that they can learn how to clip in and out of the pedals and be comfortable. S same thing with the shifting, coming to that. You know, I teach people how to do the shifting on the bike on the trainer. So I take the time to do that so that, Again, they're going to be comfortable out on the road. And I try to explain it to them in the best ways possible. You know, mm -hmm. obviously we have a lot of resources to, to do, you know, learning about, you know, certain things and cer certain aspects of cycling. You know, YouTube's a great place. A lot of people are like, well, do you ever put on clinics for uh, flat tire repairs? You know, if I'm out on the road on a bike riding, you know, and I get a flat, what do I do, you know? And I always tell customers, look, I do do some clinics from time to time, but if you need to learn quickly, the best place to do it, just jump on YouTube. There's plenty of tutorials and there's plenty of educational instructional type manuals that just teach you how to do it real quick. You know, so, I mean, there's a lot of places to get the answers to for customers if, if they're not knowledgeable about something and or they're uncomfortable. Right. I think, Maria, you bring up a good point with the shifting. Like, unless the store is recommending that you learn about shifting, it's probably not in a new person's awareness to even do that. So, you know, we sort of rely on the experts to tell us this is a skill that you need to have to make your, you know, writing enjoyment more efficient and more pleasurable. So I think a lot of stores don't go that extra mile. It's like, ah, it's too much trouble. You know, if, they, if they're interested, they'll come back later. You know, it's like, you, you mm -hmm. know, they're just on to the next bike sale rather than really making them a repeat customer or, you know, to get the word of mouth going that, you've, that you as the store have gone the extra mile to 
do what you need to do to assess their skill level and, you know, properly train them. Not properly right. train them, but at least inform them that, you know, the clipping and the shifting of the gears are like two very important components of, you know, making this bike work for you. Mm-hmm. Before every test ride, what I do, and with even if a customer is just coming in, they're taking a peek at a bike, as soon as I take them outside, the first thing I ask, do you know where all the shifters and brakes, do you know what all this stuff does? And if they say yes, I still show it to them. I say, okay, this is the front brake, this is the rear brake, um, this is the front derailleur, this is the rear derailleur, uh, and these, these are the shifters, and these are how this is how it works. You know, and I go over it real quickly with them so that they're, you know, they understand how to use them and how it's going to work. You know, and then once they come in after their test ride, obviously we discuss it a little further. And how how does that exactly work? Is that a point? Is that like an appointed time, like after the sale, like come back on Tuesday night or whatever, and we're going to go through all of this, or how, how does that no, work? No, no, no. I mean, a lot of it I can do right there during the sale. You know, we spend some time with our customers when they're buying bikes. So you know, again, it's in this industry nowadays with the internet and other other avenues to purchase bikes, we really have to do well with our customer service. And if we don't, then we're going to be off the back end. So it's important that we actually take the time to explain things to our customers and that they're comfortable with their purchase. So, and that's done during the time of the purchase. And if they need to come back, by all means, we welcome them. Right. Um, the caller also mentioned a really good point about skill level, that Strata, you can actually, maybe it's a route that you've never taken before, and you can see, okay, what is the elevation? What is the duration? What is the intensity level? And maybe this is over my head. So it is another avenue that you're addressing um, with the customer is what is their skill level? Because um, I, I would think I that's mean, kind of important too. You know, one of the things that, I mean, it really, dep- we look at, you know, a lot of different things. I mean, when, when a customer comes to us and they're shopping for a bike, you know, it really, it, you know, if they're coming in looking for a beach cruiser, obviously they're not planning on taking this beach cruiser, beach cruiser out and they're going to go downhill riding, you know. So, I mean, you kind of assess, you know, what they're doing um, and what their skill level is going to be by the purchases they're making, if that makes any sense. Yes. Um, and that's that's what it kind of comes down to. But the big thing is, is you want to educate them on their equipment, you know. Uh, and a lot of times people are pretty, I don't want to say, I don't want to assume, but a lot of customers are, are very forward with what, what their goals are. And if we have racers coming in, they usually explain, hey, this is what I do, you know, and this is, you know, the type of parts I'm looking for. And you can kind of read people pretty good. Um, and, and, you know, we get a good feel for it. Uh, I don't want to say it's intuitive by any means, but, I mean, you know, we ask the questions that we need to ask to make sure that we can help them appropriately and steer them in the right direction. Got it. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We'd love to hear from you if you have comments or questions on biking, on the biking industry, on products, sales, service, um, as well as mountain biking. We're going to get into that topic in just a moment. Please call us at 888-909-1050. That's 888 888- 909-1050. Also listen to us online at the TuneIn app or the station's website, kcaaradio.com. Both of those are forward slash advocate. All right. We'll see you back in a minute. Hey, guys. Want to go from cocky and confused to confident in four sessions or less? Linda Gross has done the research by interviewing 20,000 men. Reap the benefits. Go to themensadvocate.com slash coaching and you'll be on your way. Do you like cars, racing, adventure and speed, motorsports of any kind? If it has speed, high performance, or burns octane, there's a brand new show for you. Do you have 1030 weight in your blood or are you running on 104 performance octane? Then gear up for a brand new show on KCAA called Gotcha Racing. 
Tune in Saturdays at 4 p.m. with host Joe Britt for news, interviews, and all kinds of stuff you can use about racing and the automotive world. Whether it's learning how to put spark plugs in or spark up your supercharger, Joe's got the answer for you. Ready, buddy? Ready. All right, Dan. Get it in. Gotcha racing. Find out how Joe built the Stallion GT1 exotic sports car or hear the area's best experts on automotive questions. It's Gotcha Racing right here where we put you in the driver's seat and it doesn't stop till you cross the finish line. Saturdays at 4 p.m. right here on KCAA. It's Gotcha Racing. Well, see you later. Come on, guys. Let's go. Thanks for tuning in to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross on KCAA 1050 AM, where men can be men. We're going to let Maria go. Thank you very much for your call. And I understand we have another caller. Daniel, are you on the line? Yeah. Daniel, go ahead, please. Do you have a question or comment about biking or mountain biking? Well, how are you doing, Linda? I'm the, the uh, over from New Mexico. We we kind of got on your Facebook there, and you told me to call in. So Oh, awesome. I, I, thought, I thought I had missed your, your, your show. I, I just got in from a ride, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Good so for you. I had a. I was looking forward to talking to your guest there. I was. I was wondering. You know, I've been. I've been. Uh, I picked up mountain biking about four years ago, and I've shown that I've done. You know, at first I was doing very rapid rock and skills and, and endurance, but it seems like the last couple of years it's been a very process. I don't know, you know, any if he has any suggestions. You know, I've I started racing and I've shown just a very, very slow progression in, in you know, speed and I don't know if uh, maybe implementing running uh, to to cycling would would, uh, would improve my speed or endurance or um, you know what I what mean. Ser- what series are you racing? Are you racing mountain or road? I should have asked that first. I'm doing uh, mountain biking cross country. Okay. All right. And uh, uh, it's just the local in New Mexico, the Zio Ride uh, that I do. Usually they have uh, like a 24-hour uh, endurance or 12-hour endurance. I don't. I think I've only done a couple of just one one lap. Races uh, in the past, but uh, so are you racing so, the twenty-four hour solo by yourself, or are you racing? Uh, uh, are you are you racing it with a team? Last year I did it with a team. This year I did it with uh, I did it solo. Okay. Uh, there you? was there was one in a couple weeks coming up, and it's a twelve hour, and I'm doing solo. Um, I'm I'm I've I've. I've noticed I've progressed in, you know, endurance, but I still don't, you know, I, I feel like I've, it's a very slow progression as far as. How long have you been riding? About four years. Four years? Yeah. Um, and are you training solely on the mountain bike or are you training on the road bike too? Uh, just mountain bike. That's all I've, and, uh, I've, I think I've, uh, how can I say it? You know, I, I tried other, other, because I noticed that the more I ride, you know, it's like a, I, I like last, the last couple of weeks I've been doing 100 miles uh, a week. And it seems like to, to get it even better, I have to ride more and more. And there's only so much time that I have, you know, it's like got a, we all have nine to five jobs. And so it's like, a, I, I have no idea how, other than, you know, quitting, I guess, a job and just doing it all day long. I don't know if there's any other ways to train for, for races. Totally. I totally feel you. Um, you know what? So on the mountain side, um, I'll just share with you how I train. So, I mean, when I was racing mountain on a consistent basis and I was racing, um, what was it, cross. Cross, you're doing, you know, essentially about an hour-long ride. Uh, at high intensity and mountain biking is very similar in the sense that you are you, you know you're full bore the you know the whole time you know you're up and down hills there's very minimal rest um, my best bet to you right off the bat buy yourself a road bike 
you can get in a two-hour ride, hour-and-a-half ride. Um, you can get twice the miles in. You can build up your endurance better on the road bike um, versus being on the mountain bike where you're not able to get what they call base miles in, and you're just creating that long endurance muscle. You know, it, more you're just on the bike, you know, and you're not tiring yourself out. On a mountain bike, you're, ex- you're exerting a lot more energy because the climbs are harder. You know, they're, they're short and punchy, or they could be long, and you could just be sitting on the hill grinding it out, you know. But on the road bike, you know, you're able to get that mileage in quicker. Plus, you can just walk out your door. I mean, I don't know where, exactly where geographically you live, so I couldn't tell you if you just have a trail in your backyard. But at the same time, you know, we have roads everywhere, and if, by getting on the road bike, it really gives you that advantage. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because um, would, it, would it be the same? I use my, my mountain bike, uh, you know, I just put a little bit more air pressure, and I, I, I go road bike, you know, I just do, you know, Instead of going to, sometimes I, I mix it up. I'll go to the trails, and then some other times I'll just uh, ride on, on the streets and, you know, on the road. And um, it's, it it's, not, it's, it's not the same, but if it's what okay. you have it's, and it's your training tool, it's, it's what you have to work with. Um, okay. if, if I were to say, if you're telling me this is the one bike I have, you know, I can't really afford to go out and buy a road bike right now then, yeah, by all means, that's what you need to do, you know. Sometimes you need to sit in that big gear and just kind of grind it out a little bit, you know, and just but you yeah. need that long, you know, just sit in the pedals and go and just consistent power, you know, and just pushing it away. Um, but if you can get a road bike, that's the better route to go. Got it. Would um, running and... Weight training, you know, with my legs uh, help at all, or is that counter? I would steer clear of it myself. Um, I mean, it does help maybe in the off-season, but I'm really not, you know, I don't really promote running. I mean, you're using different muscle groups, and you're trying to train your body to do something with, you know, cycling, not running. You know, I do have friends that run in the off-season, but, uh, you know, they tell me, you know, it's just to stay fit in the off season. Um, when it comes to the uh, to weight training, you know, the the question there is, are you trying to build muscle? Um, because muscle is obviously, you know, heavier than fat. And so, if you want to lean down, I would say you need to stay on the bike. Okay. Daniel, I think what Rob is saying is that to get better at the mountain biking, just use your road bike, you know, because it's it's at least it's using the same muscles. So you want to have that endurance with the same muscles. Right. right. Very true. Yeah, I got it. I got it. And then I guess if you're looking for cardio endurance, you, you know, you could also try to do swimming if you want, you know, longevity from a cardio point of point of view. Perhaps that would help. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah I, I agree. Uh, but at the same time, still swimming is going to be one of those things. Right. You know, it's it's just good for fitness and just keeping keeping your fitness high. Um, it, it's really important to stay on the bike. I mean, me personally, um, I mean, I ride close to a, a daily basis, and most of my riding and training is all on my road bike. You know, I, I, again, I mean, my background's in mountain, and I do a lot of mountain biking. I do a lot of uh, cross-riding. Um, but, again, most of my training's on the road. And, again, it does come down to one of those things. It's easy, you know. I want to be able to step out my front door and go. You know, I don't want to have to worry about my, you know, taking care of my mountain bike, cleaning it up. You know, and the mountain bikes do take quite a bit more abuse versus the road bikes. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, yeah. And I live just south of Albuquerque, so uh, where I live, it's all flat, and then i got to drive all in almost an hour to get to the to the mountains. So, yeah, it's kind of a drag sometimes, so that's why yeah. I mix it up, yeah. you know. So, well, so, I, yeah, yeah that, I, I can feel you there. 
I think also going hitting the gym, Rob, wouldn't you say that strength training is going to help, you know, all around fitness? I mean, the stronger you are, again, that's going to, you know, be a plus in all kinds of different directions. So uh, you know, with any sport down, that you take up. So if you're currently not uh, going to the gym for uh, strength training, I, I would add that. I mean, I wouldn't go crazy with it, but maybe a couple times a week, I would hit that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the, the one thing is, is I come back to this, is, is uh, power to weight. You know, you want to be a, a fast right. cyclist, it really comes down to trimming down. And the more muscle you carry, you know, the heavier you are. You know, I run into the same right. issue. I'm, you know, I'm 185 pounds, and I'm constantly trying to get down to a lower weight so I can be faster climbing, you know. And it's like I always steer clear of the gym because as soon as I get to the gym, I start putting on a pound or two of muscle, and it's like it's not what I want. It's not in my training program. Gotcha. I guess we're in the same boat. Yeah, because I'm about 185, and I'm like, why don't I ever come down to 175 or something? And, and yeah, I hit the weight kind of, you know, and I didn't think it would make – I would gain muscle that fast, but I guess um, that my body type kind yeah, of gets, yeah. you know, and my weight is just there. So, well, why well, it, 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 all, it all, Yeah, go ahead. No, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate it. As a, you know, that that info really helps. I mean, I've heard, uh, you know, to get on the road bike, but I always thought, well, why should I do that if I'm training for a mountain? I don't know. Oh, well, I mean, the mountain skills never really go away as you, you know, you start developing them and, you know, it's like they say, it's like riding a bike, you know, you know, you can yeah. always tune them up. They might get a little rusty, but at the same time, yeah. it's, it's important to, you know, get out there on the road bike too. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Great. Uh, beginning next year, I'll give me my road bike. There you <laughs> go. For sure. Thank you, you Daniel, for calling in. I really appreciate appreciate it. Call call back again. Okay. Uh, All right, Rob. If you're just tuning in to us, we're listening to you're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We have my special guest on tonight, Rob Stott of H and S Bicycles. Uh, His he has two stores, one in Burbank and Granada Hills, California. If you'd like to reach him online, the website is hsbikes.com that's hsbikes.com you can also reach him on twitter and that same uh, same address hsbikes on twitter hsbikes on twitter rob i wanted to get into a couple of specific questions that my that my original listener wanted me to get out so um, on my mountain biking he wanted to know about uh, suspension and um, hardtail versus cross country bikes and the size of the wheel, et cetera. So let's dive into his questions because I want to make sure that he's happy. So let's, he yeah. wants to talk about suspension. So let's talk about um, zero suspension versus no rear suspension. Tell the audience a little bit about that. Well, uh, zero suspension would be there's no shock absorbers on your bike. Um, means it's going to be a rougher ride. Mm-hmm. Um Suspension bikes, you know, there's are, various... Are there pros and cons to when you would want zero suspension versus not? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, well, let's put it this way. I mean, so in mountain biking, there's a lot of different bike choices. You know, what it really comes down to is what what type of terrain and what type of riding are you planning on doing. So, you know, it, like you're, like the caller before was saying he's racing cross-country. So there's several different types of bikes that are going to work from that, varying from a hardtail, which is no suspension, and maybe a front front suspension fork on the front, mm-hmm. um, or zero suspension. You know, So they're running what's called rigid. So there's uh, no shock in the front, and there's no shock in the rear. And that might work for one person. Uh, again, cross-country. Um, you can run a... Uh, suspension bike that's got shorter travel, travel being the amount of sus- amount that the suspension is, you know, pushing down on. Um, now, if you're doing more extreme riding, you might want more suspension. So you have the ability to buy a bike that has um, 
a lot more travel so that you can hit uh, rougher terrain. You can go over bigger rock, jump off, jump, jump off things, cliffs, whatever you would like to do. Uh, in the instance of downhill bikes, uh, downhill bikes have usually the maximum travel, um, and they're using about uh, eight inches of travel, front and rear. Um, and they can pretty much go over anything, take any type of abuse that's thrown at them. Um, they're basically motorcycles without an engine, well, the engine being the human being. That's for the adrenaline junkies that are only interested in the downhill part of the trip. <laughs> uh, pretty much, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the bikes that we're selling a lot of in Southern California is we're selling bikes that are anywhere from, I would say, four inches of travel. Um, on a suspension bike um, to about six inches, just depending on the type of riding the customer is, um, you know, doing. And then there's various levels in those bikes. So, I mean, you could buy a cross-country bike um, that's aluminum uh, that's going to be a little bit heavier, um, but it is a cross-country four-inch travel bike, and it might start in the realm of, let's say, 2000 to 2500 and then you can go all the way up into the $10,000 range with bikes from, say, manufacturers like Cannondale, and they do a black ink edition of that bike, which is just, you know, the, the Ferrari of, you know, cross-country mountain bikes. Wow. Um, okay. And then you have other bikes, say, you know, that jump up, and they have more travel. Giant, for example, puts out a bike called the Trance that's uh, about a 5-inch travel bike. Um, takes a lot of abuse, and they have an aluminum model all the way up into the carbon fiber level. You know, bikes ranging from about again twenty five hundred all the way up into just shy of the six thousand dollar range. You know, but it really depends on what you're doing with the bike. You know, you have your customers that again are, you know, they're sticking their toe in the shallow end just to see what's going on. So they're buying that twenty five hundred dollar bike because they don't want to spend. Uh, a ton of money getting into the sport because, you know, they may not enjoy it. And so they, you know, they dabble in it. They get that $2,500 bike, find out they like it. Next thing you know, they're buying the $6,000 bike. Hmm. Makes sense. All right. Yeah. He also, Vince, our letter writer, um, he's the one that recommended this show today. If you just tuned in, you're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We have my guest, uh, Rob Stott, on the line of H&S Bicycles of Burbank in Granada Hills, California. Um, his next question was, uh, what about the wheel size? Does that does that matter? I know they're making, um, you know, different options now, 26 inches, 29 inches. Tell us about, you know, the difference between that and when the consumer should take one versus the other. Um, yeah, I mean, it does matter. A lot of cross-country guys and racers like the 29-inch wheels. I mean, me personally, I still really like the 29-inch. Um, the, the industry is constantly changing with this wheel size stuff. Um, the 27.5 um, is being embraced on more and more mountain bikes nowadays, and we're finding that it is a, a good size. Um, one reason is just plain simple safety. If you ever have ridden a skateboard with real small wheels and it hits a rock, it doesn't roll over that rock very well. You end up going running off the front of the board. Um, kind of the same issue with the, um, the mountain bikes now. They increase the size of the wheel. Now the bike is rolling over things a lot uh, easier, so you're staying on the bike and not getting tossed. Um, the uh, 27.5 I see as a, an all-around wheel size that mountain bikes are embracing right now. Uh, 29 uh, was doing that for a while, but we're finding that, again, more of the cross-country and the racer types are using the 29-inch wheel. Um, and they're being they're really successful on that, um, and that's about it when it comes to the wheel size. Twenty six inch wheels are actually you know pretty much disappearing at this point. Got it. 
All right. Let me uh, tell tell our audience about our upcoming announcements. Uh, next week's show is going to be great. We're going to have comedian Mike Muratori on. He is a comedian, actor, writer, producer, casting agent. Um, he's also you've also seen him at the Comedy Store, Montclair Laugh Shop, the Improv Improv Ice House, and the Ontario Improv. So look for him on next week's show, Mike Muratori. Um, also tonight, uh, please vote for comedian Drew Lynch on NBC's AGT. He will be an upcoming guest as well. Um, not this week, but um, hopefully in the next month. Thank you to my guest, uh, Rob. And uh, thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week. This is KCAA Loma Linda, the station that leaves no listener behind. CNBC News is next, a courtesy of BuySellMakeOffer.com, where you can post a video about items you have for sale. Sign up now. It's free. Waterways, cruise ships. Travel along Europe's most picturesque rivers and panoramic landscapes.